Hello and welcome to part two of our panel-by-panel panel review of All-Star Superman, Grant Morrison's 12-issue long book. In the first half, we covered episodes, I guess they call it, uh, one through five. And in the second half, we're going to be doing six through 12. As I'm sure you could tell if you listened to the first part, yeah, me and Isaac, we were just going way too long on this damn book. The original recording ended up being four hours and 40 minutes long. Uh, that's just insane. Uh, so I did what I could to to trim it down. I split it up into two parts, as you can see here. But um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you get something out of these insanely long uh, comic reviews we've been doing. I promise we're going to try to find a way to make them a little bit more brief as we go forward. Because, yeah, this is too much. But join us as we jump into the rest of uh, this great book, starting with episode six. Episode 6, Funeral in Smallville. We open in the past on the moon. And we're back in Smallville. And we see old Jonathan Pa Kent. And basically reflecting on, uh, again, talking about, what is it? Uh, when, when him and Martha first got Clark. Um, mostly, I think, on the human side. They're detailing it on the human side, not so much the... They're going into like, oh, you know, we're, we're discussing the nature of like why you were sent here. Right? Well, okay, I guess they are technically. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, discusses how, you know, him and Martha didn't have children. And then like you came along, which was uh, pretty nice. And, uh, you know, then we quickly go over and we, this is a Clark who's still in Super, or is basically Superboy, the adventures of Superboy. But... He's not going to Metropolis yet. So this is still him and like, you know, just as he's about to go to small or go to Metropolis. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a pivotal, pivotal point in his history here in more ways than one. Yes. No, with what, what with what happens, given the title um, before then he's going to, he's going to go and uh, rip a tree out from that got struck by lightning the previous night. Uh, and when that happens, uh, just as that happens, crypto comes in and uh, creates a little, hole in the ground which i don't know if uh, jonathan will appreciate or not but anyways <laughs> it comes flying in from space who knows where crypto's been been hanging out soaring the soaring the galaxy i guess <laughs> well i mean i do question where he is in the present day yes i do too yes i know i have no idea but anyways yeah and then yeah clark uses that that tree to play catch with his little bud crypto and i think there's a really strange uh, image there actually when we, uh, it's right after he says catch and we see the tree going up to space. Something about the way that the, whatever that blur is around the tree, I guess that's meant to be like stars. It just kind of looks odd. Oh, what do you mean? The stars behind it? Yeah. As it's going up and that. Oh, that's supposed to be North. That's supposed to be America. Oh, that's, oh, okay. So that's the view from space. Yeah. That's the view from like it traveling to the atmosphere of like all those lights. Yeah. That's like, well, you know, that's the East Coast right there, and there's the West Coast. Yeah, it's still kind of an odd image, but... I know what he's trying to do. It's doing the whole, like, either, is it parallax or whatever it is. Like, as an object, like, flies up, it kind of, like, distorts space or whatever. It's not really distorting space, but just, like, the speed that you're looking at from the perspective of uh, the tree. It's, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Like I said, I'm not a physicist. Yeah. But I, I know what the, like, visual effect is supposed to be, like, with the camera technique. 
Yeah, but I guess to keep things moving, yeah, we see as uh, Monpar are watching, just kind of enjoying seeing their son. Uh, this this guy shows up behind them in the middle of the night, creepily out of nowhere. And it's like, I hear you're looking for some good men, Mr. Kent. And he's got his, his pals we don't see yet, but I guess they just move in for the night, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're apparently a... Uh, well, even though... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see the image of those... Apparently that's a preview image, my apologies. But yeah, we see... Actually, no, it wasn't an image. It was, it was the same thing. But yeah, we see uh, an image of uh, Superman and Crypto on the moon just looking back at Earth, which is really cool. Um, and I guess when he gets back, you know, he's... He's he's just wondering he's he's asking Ma where 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 John is and turns out he's got a bunch of help he got hired help even though he's got Clark I guess he's just getting ready to uh, bring in the help when Clark goes to Metro uh, Metropolis excuse me for journalism yeah uh but yeah we got these yeah these 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 three fellas they they're coming to be the new hands and. Yeah, they look a little bit odd. One of them even has his face all wrapped up, just like perhaps someone that we saw saw earlier earlier on in in episode two. So potentially, so yeah, it feels like things are coming around. Yes, this one guy in charge that we saw like before, his name is Calvin Elder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and a uh, and a small guy as well with a bowler hat, I believe is what's called. Yeah. Well, moving away from there, we head off over to the the diner, and we see Clark hanging out with his his pair of buds, Lana and uh, and Pete Ross. The Smallville pack is back, at least for us. <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen them since the last book. <laughs> but yeah, so we get a nice little scene with them. They're all they're all catching up, and yeah, I, I think this is a, a nice little peek for them. And we see, uh, oh, what's this? I saw him. It was the Kansas Superman. Ain't no such thing. What was that about there? Maybe I missed something. He's hearing something. He's 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 hearing something like uh, somewhere, and that's what kind of makes him uh, give his old excuse of like, "Oh, I'm not feeling so good, guys." The uh, the soda. I'd uh, forgotten how rich oh, the yes. food was back home. So I forgot that. So I was incorrect. He's already studying at like Metropolis University for journalism. He just came back home to visit. I'm stupid. Yeah, I missed that too there. But either way, they fly off, and they, I guess they go to one of the higher peaks that they can find, a water tower. And Clark and, and Crypto, I guess, are on the prowl. Um, well, hang on, just quickly, before, you know, just one more thing. Um, is After he excuses himself, Lana and Pete talk about how it's like, why do you both have to act like I, know, I don't know who he really is? It's like, don't make me talk about this, Lana. So it's like, okay, that goes nowhere in this book, but I at least like that they're commenting on the fact that they know but it's a whole situation of like he's not telling them for obvious reasons or maybe he is i have no idea anyways uh but so clark i guess he can he can see them over there see the the group and they're discussing about this this chronovore thing who ate this this poor old man and yeah that's then they can hear the heartbeat of something uh something that reminds them of of an echo of the past yep and that's when this this uh, what'd you say his name was? Uh, oh yeah, Calvin Eldor, or Elder, excuse me. Yeah, he dons his little Superman gear and he flies over to meet our our two pals, Superman and his favorite dog. Uh, by the way, the the, the, the just 
kind of cool thing. The man that they interact with is one of the guys that gets up from the diner uh, in the previous pages. Yeah. I don't know if you remember anyone with that. I did. Yeah. But... <laughs> yes. This is, uh, this is, this is Cal Kent, excuse me, uh, who is the Superman from, uh, 85,250 AD, uh, which was actually a book. I believe it was DC. It was called DC 1 million. And there was like a, there was like their own version of the justice league. And there was a Batman version as well. So I don't think that there wasn't, but like, yeah, he's from, so Grant Morrison is kind of going back to that. So there's something that he pulled mm-hmm. from and is going back to, um, but yeah, we have, we have him. Then we have the 4500 uh, AD Superman, and we have, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce this one. <laughs> okay, I could say Mixoplick because I've heard Cap say that, um, and I guess they said Mixoplick as well in the Lois and Superman or Lois and Clark series. But it's basically the fifth dimension version of a Superman and Mixoplick uh, ancestor or descendant, excuse me. Yeah, and they're they're a group of supermen time traveling to the past to. Uh... I guess to track down this this carnivore yep. beastie, and they've been chasing him for centuries, and he wound up here in in Smallville, and so you know they're meeting up with Superman and kind of kind of laying in the the roots that you know you're even though you 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 think you're dying right now your future is safe because there's other Supermen who can come and do good. That's kind of the purpose of this little issue here, I think at least. Yeah. By the way, funny. Look, I just looked at the forty five hundred AD Superman. His his emblem is a question mark. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. It's kind of funny. Yeah, but they don't get to converse too long about all this stuff as the Chronovore shows up, and this is a pretty cool, damn cool looking villain. I love how it's got the detached arms and detached jaws, and it's just consuming everything. Oh yeah, it's withering everything away. It's pretty like well, it's. It's scary. It's actually like sucking it all up, but like it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like, um, kind of like something that Jordan Peele would probably look at and say like, I should put that in a movie. Yeah. And they all go off to the charge except for this, uh, I keep Cal elder. Did you say, <laughs> uh, well, his name is Cal Kent, but I just said like Cal L like it's, it's Calvin elder, mm. but it's like Cal L, but anyway. Calvin, um, but it's, it's Cal Kent. So, yeah, but as Superman goes to join them, Calvin holds him back. He's like, Clark, I can't let you do this. You got to understand. But before he can fully finish what he's saying, Clark, you know, he's he gets antsy and he's, he gives him a little bit of the, the flame vision. <laughs> flame vision. Heat vision. <laughs> the, the heat vision. And he, uh, yeah, he, he, he charges off to the fight, which turns out to be a mistake, as we'll see uh, shortly. But, but yeah, yeah, we have a little bit of a fight there and... Well, I mean, the, we just kind of get a moment, I guess, for Cal L or Cal Kent, excuse me, um, talking and whatnot, being like, oh, I'm telepathic. I got a lot of abilities. Um, and then he's like, and then crypto comes in from the side and uh, tackles him. But yeah. then we cut away from, you know, the, the Chronovore and the Mixoplex Superman, uh, you know, in entanglement uh, back to John at the farm and it, it seems that the 4500 AD Superman quickly goes back to disguise and he kind of has a, a, a life, the universe and everything talk. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little exchange with, with uh pot can't here. Yeah. It seems that, uh, you know, when he left or whatnot, the boys, them, the, the, the hired help actually did a good job of, I guess, like tending to the field, which is uh, pretty nice on their part. Um, 
and yeah, just, you know, some small talk and heart to heart and, um, what is it? Superman, like our, our prime continuity here, Superman, uh, helps with mix, mix Superman with the, uh, the wrapping and, and like that look of, I, I know crypto's alive, but I, I don't like that look of Cal just like gri- having him by the grip and by the throat. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. By the neck. Yeah. That's, eh. Yeah. And we discover that the reason he was trying to keep Clark from joining the battle and, you know, maybe returning to where he should be in that short amount of time, Jonathan Kent suffered a heart attack. So a fatal one. Dang. And he missed out on, on being there with his dad as he was too busy fighting this big monster. Yep. And then we see the uh the one with the the Superman from the, with the big old wrapped head flies back and and as he joins the fight that's when Superman realizes wait a minute I can't hear my my pause heartbeat. And so he flies off to go to try to see him and reaches there, you know, not not in time. And he even has a little bit of a line of I can save everybody. So this is that really delusional phase in Superman's life before he <laughs> figures out his limitations. Yeah, and could you imagine if like Zack Snyder adapted this uh, into Man of Steel? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, one, this is colored properly, and there's a lot of color to it. But just you know, time, time traveling Superman come back, and then Jonathan Kent suffers a heart attack for you know just because it's a normal heart attack. Um, geez, that would certainly go over above a lot of people's heads. Yeah, and then we see a nice little speech with Clark. At Jonathan's funeral, just kind of detailing the things that he, that Jonathan brought to his life, and I think that's a nice little, pretty little scene there. No, it was a, it was a good little speech. I, I will say, I didn't really be, I, I wasn't like, I did not like, was not brought to tears to this, but no, I certainly, no. I, I, I did feel that it was a moving speech, uh, and I think John would be proud for Clark saying that. <laughs> Although I do have to question with the forty five hundred A.D. Superman being there, all bandaged up. I hope some people aren't thinking like, oh, what does he like got leprosy or something like that? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Geez. Hopefully they're too distracted by the, the funeral to think about it. But I do, I do like the fact that the three also attend. Cause I mean, yeah, it is like John is very much an important figure in like the Superman mythology. So these three kind of have a reverence for that, which I, I, I enjoy. Yeah, and then we get a nice little scene with Martha where Clark seems like he's you know, a little lost again as he seems to often find himself and she tries to ground him and say that, you know, you got a bigger purpose and you know, you belong to the world now. And as we see away from the Kent farm up on a, a hill, overlooking it, that group say their goodbyes as uh, the bandage wrap Superman takes off his face bandages. And we see who it is, the old, or I guess, yeah, I guess the real old Clark at that point. <laughs> well, at least middle-aged or, you know, prime Superman, I guess. Yeah. Prime. <laughs> I'm assuming he's from the future, so I guess yeah, I guess he could not be that far into the future. So this was a closed time story where this yeah. this all occurred, like the the chrono chronovore uh, happened in his town, and the three Superman showed up. But instead of it being 4500 AD Superman, like we saw back in the Fortress of Solitude, it was actually our Superman, po- like future Superman, posing as 4500 AD Superman. Mm. quite confusing you'll probably have to fish it it makes sense visually we're just describing it it's like um listen there's at, at in this one scene alone there's like six supermen that show up yes yeah because uh, as the other ones are about to head off into their their own different futures another group show up from the future this golden 
looking Superman, especially is uh, given the eyes as he's brought a little gift for uh, for this this generation of Superman to leave on uh, Jonathan's grave. This this indestructible rose, which I think is quite pretty Yep, from New Krypton. So it's like mm, interesting. Yep. So that's a nice little ending there. We, we get uh, we see a shot of the the gravestone with which, by the way, doesn't even have his date or anything on it or no words to uh, a loving father and husband they could have put but no it's just jonathan kent yeah no just that it's like all right <laughs> fair enough <laughs> and with the rose in front of it i think that's quite pretty yeah it really is a, a, a nice little image right there especially if, with all the leaves in the background i uh, i do enjoy that yeah but to jump quickly into episode uh, seven here being bizarro yeah, I feel like this is a big one. This is this is one of the big standout ones from the book for me, at least. Oh, yes, it is. Take it away. Yeah, we open up and we see uh, back in the project labs. I guess they're are they still working on that underverse thing here? Doing some experiments just as they were doing with the sun to map out the sun. They're now try- attempting Leo is trying to uh, attempt to explore the underverse for the first time. Yeah, and it looks like they had some sort of bizarro technician who was helping them with this, but he's gone missing. And conditions in the ult- in the underverse, they say, are untenable, and things start things start taking a big turn. Yes. So disaster is afoot as we open this. As something is drawing itself closer to the portal, I guess. Yeah, and then we see apparently our little buddy here, the uh, the Sun Eaters, escaped, and Clark's dealing with him up by. Uh, I don't know. Is that, is that meant to be the sun or? So what this to... actually is, is it's not what you think, even though there's no dialogue, which I like, uh, not just because it's space, yeah. but uh, Superman is letting his sun eater pal go. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, yes. that's right. No, again, he it was a foster uh, uh, animal compatriot or a child, I guess you would say. And he was mm-hmm. nursing it back to health and it was getting... Uh, I guess it, it grew and it, it grew back to full strength and now he's letting it loose. And there's a little heart filter by, which I like a lot at, I think in and around Jupiter, I believe. And uh, he makes his way, goes back, flies past Mars, goes to earth. We can, but then quickly gets like tackled by beings and we see the cube. No, not that kind of cube. Yeah. Which I love. This is, that is one of my favorite images in the book as well. I think that's fantastic. I figured a beautiful two-page spread of a cubed world. Yep, and them falling into it. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so uh, yes, falling towards it, falling. Uh, I don't really know, but then we. Yeah, I just mean image-wise. Looks like they're falling into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And then we uh, cut to page one hundred fifty-eight, uh, where it's about the December time or whatnot. It's snowing, so it's you know probably around winter time uh i guess in 12 months potentially right so uh daily planet is having it's like a little holiday festivities yeah and uh just as that in that point because uh like japan experiences like you know alien invasions every other day or week uh so too does krypton because of you know how strange it is and they're the first to get you know blasted by you know falling debris from space um and that being these bizarro individuals yes we see this this elevator beep an ominous little beep and jimmy he's even saying he's getting worried you know he's like some something's wrong here i i don't think that they're quite aware of the disasters outside yet but jimmy you know he's got that sixth sense i mean that knee is also right like right near the 
you know, Another window. I mean, I don't know if he's, yeah. Cause he saw it. Cause it's like, he looked outside and he was like, ah, it doesn't look good. That's true. Yeah. I guess he saw the, the destruction. Sixth sense still makes sense, but like, I, I know what you mean though. Yeah. But either way, it's, it's too late for them to do anything because as the elevator arrives, I am bizarro comes out of this, this beastie, this kind of uh, formless looking, I mean, it looks like a, a human, but the features are all obscured in the, yeah, it touches this one lady and suddenly the features change to be more like her. Yeah. Unfortunately for Allie there, she gets either like replicated or absorbed or T2 or a Terminator T1000. I don't really know. I'm not even, I don't even know if it's like thinged, like, I, I don't know what to call it, but like replicated, whatever. But like, anyway, it takes on her features and, um, yeah. Yeah. So either it steals her life force or something else. I have no idea, but and affects her with its bizarro matter because she starts saying me and bizarro too. Yeah. And she's attacking. So, so yeah, very dangerous little virus they got here. Yeah. She like reaches towards cat, but then hits the window and then Steve comes in from behind and like kind of tackles her, pushes her out there. And yeah, she, <laughs> she falls down. She's like yep. dead in the ground there. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah, and this this whole bizarre invasion, I'm sure, is a gigantic body count as they're, uh, yeah, they're rampaging the streets. Even Santas aren't safe in this world anymore. Oh, no, certainly not. But it does seem Steve, when he touched her, he noticed like, hey, wait a minute, I didn't change. And so potentially we have an immunity case here. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated. Keep an eye out on that. But uh, so we get the, the group moving through the building. They're all armored up, but they come across some more Bizarro guys. And as we cut back to the streets, we see that even a Bizarro Superman has arrived. So, so that's real bad news. Can I just say, by the way, I love... <laughs> Maybe this is a little cheeky. I mean, obviously there's an A in there. But I like... Or okay, it's it's Mad Donald's. Or maybe not. Yeah. But I like the fact that they're switching it to be backwards. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, no, we see crash down and it's either bizarro or it's just another bizarro Superman. I, I have no idea. Like if I don't yeah, know if it's the exactly. bizarro or if it's just another like bizarro. I don't think in this universe there is a the bizarro. I mean, we'll get a closest that we can see later, but I think in this world they're all just like pieces of this bizarro organism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Almost like the, um, with uh, what was it? The center and it's um, it spawns. This was like dinosaurs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, remember, I think there Bizarro exists in this world. And I'm not just talking about what we're about to like go into, but like, because he said Bizarro clone, like uh, Quentin has, or Quintum, excuse me, has like Bizarro clones, he says. So it's like Bizarro has existed just as doomsday. Like death of Superman has technically taken place in this continuity, I believe. Yeah, but I think because all these things call themselves Bizarro. So I think it's maybe the ent- the organism is Bizarro. Yeah, there you go. Whatever this planet is. I think you're right. But, but either way, Superman, the real Superman shows up and he knocks that guy out of the way, kind of splats him into a wall and he's trying to help some folks. But yeah, this Bizarro is like, nope, I'm back and I'm going to take you out. And we got a big fight. Pretty cool fight, I think, too. Oh, yeah. No, he uses... I, I don't know what he does kind of he kind of like either uses his bioelectric field to like telekinetically grab him from a distance or something yeah. and like just heaves him like a rock somewhere but like 
But yeah, he says, you know, he kind of, in, in anger, he's like, uh, Superman's to Bizarro. He's like, what is it you want? Bizarro's have never been organized or as hostile as this before. Call your people off. Uh, of course, he forgot that he's dealing with Bizarro. So everything you said is just like enabling him. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time for Superman to catch on here. <laughs> but we cut back to the, the Daily Planet crew as they're making their way to the roof. And the, the kind of Bizarro zombies are... Are right in their tails. Oh yeah. So, so that's no good. But luckily, this blimp—I guess they—they they must have called in the blimp. Maybe I missed a line here, but oh yeah, it was Jimmy. He was—he hacked into the uh, the network. There you <laughs> go. He hacked into the blimp network that and called down a dirigible of some sort. Yeah, and we see this this bizarre. I guess he got punched up pretty good from Superman because he flies right out of the uh, the atmosphere of the planet and right outside of the panel that he's coming out of there. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and uh, he, hey, man, he liked it. Daily <laughs> uh, Planet people, I wouldn't say successfully get into the blimp. They they do, but they kind of get caught by some of the drones. And then meanwhile, we go to Quintum back in projects. And yet uh, it turns out, uh, or uh, yeah, he sorry, Jimmy actually makes a call to Quintum. Excuse me. Uh, that's, what, that's what he does. <laughs> and it's just like... Oh, I thought I had this number change from you, uh, Olson. Just like, I'm like that line there. Yeah, must have been pissed when he discovered all what Jimmy did. Uh, but he's saying that they're dealing with a planet eater. So instead of a sun eater, we're dealing with a planet eater. Interesting. It looks like we have Unicron here. That's that's no good. <laughs> or or uh, wait, does that mean the Superman's going to fight Galactus? Let's go. And I like that as we see the uh, the skyline here, the the Q planet's coming so close to Earth. That it's perfectly visible and it's just this giant thing lingering there. I think that's great. Dude, it's like, uh, what is it? It's like Earth 2 all over again. Oh, is it like that in that too? Maybe I'm forgetting that book a little bit. Oh, wait, no, 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 never mind, never mind. I'm thinking of something else. I'm, what, what was it? Well, I guess it was like Transformers 3 where they almost get Cybertron next to Earth with the space bridges. Oh, man. Yep. But there's something else where it was like two planets were like two old. Oh, what the hey was it? There was it's it's something from like the new tens or whatever it was where it was like two Earths and when they like collide. Oh no, wait, I'm thinking of Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's what it was because there was a point where two Earths show up to get next to each other and like it was causing a lot of problems. I remember, that's what it was. Never mind. It was the eighties. Never mind. Anyways, anyway, sorry. So Superman finds a blimp. Uh, he gets it to safety, even though there's a lot of people who probably need it more than these guys. But anyways, uh, and he basically quickly tells Lois or, he, you know, she says, like, you know, wait. And he gives the line of like, uh, sorry, I was held up. I had to release my sun eater back into the cosmos before uh, he outgrew the fortress zoo. So that's where that that's what uh, he was doing with the uh, the sun eater there. And then he talks about the Pizarros and that, yeah, he's, he's the only one man. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, uh, uh, Steven comes up to him and is like, Hey, you know, I've discovered that I'm immune from these guys. And Superman's like, mind if I take a look in? And as he's looking through his bloodstream, he discovers that uh, maybe this guy's been taking some, some performance pills. I don't know if it's steroids or if it's some, some Viagra pills or something, but either way, whatever he's been taking is the, uh, the cure. So, so that's good. All right. So all we got to do is give everybody in the world steroids. Let's go. Yeah. Viagra for everyone. I, <laughs> Whichever one it is. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but what um, 
so one thing that Jimmy discerns from this whole thing is that these bizarros, they're kind of, okay. So this issue is kind of a throwback for me and Caleb in a way of earth Two. just in uh, our big debates or our great debate we had about like the opposite earth. Um, so here we have a similar thing with, uh, you know, bizarros, right. Where they, they, whenever they mean something, they say the opposite of it. Uh, and in this case, this bizarre world is cubed instead of it being spherical. Okay, that checks out. And Jimmy kind of either maybe he was talking with Quintum or whatnot, but he states that an idea that they could do instead of using Steve's, Steve's genes to, you know, I guess like make everybody immune uh, is to instead attack it with light. They're like vampires. Uh, they thrive in darkness and they uh, are vulnerable to light. So it's like, huh, okay. So basically, they make a giant space mirror. Yep, and then Superman flies off, and I guess he blows up a mountain. Is that on the the Bizarro World? Uh, yes, yeah, so he goes straight into the Bizarro World. He finds like this mountain range, whatever it is. Maybe it's like the equivalent of Mount Everest. I have no idea. Smashes into it, creates like a giant like force of light. I guess from the explosion itself, um, mm. and then it's so bright it like. I guess it's like a nuclear blast almost. It like reflects into the area, the, the night of the earth, uh, the, the dark side of earth, you know, the one facing away from the sun, that's night and unleashes on all these zombies. They all drop dead, but then the bizarre world disappears. Yeah. Because it's all one organism. It was, it was so injured that it's retreating back to the underverse and Superman's been, I guess kind of trapped on it, pulled with them. Yep. And I like that we see the the Bizarro. He's waving the the black flag or the gray flag. And he's like, no surrender, no surrender. That's when Superman finally catches up. And he's like, oh, wait, you mean the opposite, right? So he's he's catching on. Yeah, if, if nobody knew how Bizarro works, then like that's a quick like for the those who don't know. Yeah. And this is when the the heart of the issue really starts to kick in, and, and the good stuff comes. Oh, okay. I'm kind of excited for this now. Let's let, 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 let's let's see. Yeah, because this bizarre world filled with all these these drones is a really depressing little like uh, facsimile of a civilization. Oh yeah, it's like a big fallacy almost. Uh, well, first off, I also like the fact that uh, so the the whole thing is that yeah it's it's uh, the whole thing is sinking deeper like it's it's going it's back in the underverse this is its natural habitat of course somehow it was pulled towards the oververse or regular verse I don't I don't yeah. know um and because it's moving away towards like a red sun or moving away from the yellow sun we have a red sun and so still the other thing that is Superman's weakness is red solar energy. Or, you know, something that's not yellow sun energy. Take him away from a yellow sun and his powers soon disappear. He becomes human. And the fact that we're in an underverse with densely, uh, super dense gravity, excuse me, uh, and loss of his powers may mean that he will die. So we have a ticking time bomb. Could this be the end of Mm. Superman potentially where he dies? Even though this is only issue six. Keep going and finding out. Yeah, find out next time. Same Superman time. Or same (laughs) Superman page, same Superman panel. There you go. (laughs) Um, But we see as he's uh, getting his little bizarro tour guide, kind of taking him through, we discover that 
one in every five billion copies of these uh, Bizarro drones comes out flawed and is self-aware. And it just so happens that one of those clones happens to be an image of Superman. Is it Z Bizarro or Zy Bizarro? Zibaro, I believe. Zibaro. And I love his design, by the way. Yeah, he's got the red all all over instead of the blue, and then the blue. Yeah, where his little. Yeah, no, I think that's all great. Great. And his belt's like a regular belt. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a. Yeah, he just picked it up off the ground. <laughs> it's just like any old belt you could go get at a department store. Yeah, and I love the the architecture as well. It's very like kind of fantasy esque almost. Oh yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, looks the opposite. I see like whatever the opposite of Statue of Liberty is, so it should be male. Um, and also <laughs> held different whatever. Uh, I love the moon, by the way, being uh, cubed as well. Yeah, no, it's all great. Wait, I just <laughs> realized. So you know how this is a thing in DC where if there's a crisis event, the sky always turns red. Mm-hmm. So the the sky in this world is is red, right? So that means that if a crisis occurs on this world, that means it turns the sky turns blue. That is fun. I like all that, and I think it's a great way to end the the, the issue. Just like, oh, this this is a big change here. What's this going to mean going forward in this next chapter? So we end on that note of seeing Zibaro, um, with you know that really cool background and that one page spread, and we go to episode eight or issue eight. Us do opposite. Yes, we open up seeing the the big dome and yeah, Zibaro, this is getting me nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and we we see. It seems like uh, all the the bizarro drones are kind of attracted to these two. They can tell that there's something interesting about them, and so they they kind of follow them around like little puppies, which I think is cute. Yeah, yeah, no, just like very curious, but also kind of as hecklers in a way. <laughs> Yes, which I think is funny. Yeah, they they play a, a humorous role in this. Yes, no. Instead of a Greek chorus, they're uh, I don't know. They're like um, oh, what's those two guys? Those two Muppets names? Oh um, oh yeah. What are their names? Those two funny old men. I feel bad. I'm gonna crucified by my friend. I want to. I for some reason I want to say Siskel and Ebert, but I'm like no 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 no. That's not it. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just I can't get there. You're you're gonna remember it by the end of it. Hang on a second. Yeah. Ah, well. <laughs> oh, are you looking it up? I'm looking it up. Oh, sure. Just Stadler and Wardle. Why can't I remember these names? Yeah, Statler and Waldorf. Thank you. There we go. That's <laughs> what they are. Yeah, Statler and Wardorf. Dorf. Yeah. Oh, this bizarre topless is terrible. It's terrible. Wait, are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It not terrible at all. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and we see Zibaro kind of takes him through here, explaining the world to him. Yep. We learn that uh, the planet speaks through all of them. So I guess it was kind of what I was saying, except for Zibaro here. Yeah, one mind, basically. So, yeah, it is kind of it's kind of like the center almost in a way, eh? Yeah. A little different, of course, but like these at least have, well, they're just extensions of the planet, so never mind. Maybe a little touch of ego, tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's even, I guess that's a better explanation. Yeah, it's a better comparison. And um, he's wondering, oh, like, of course, Superman, with all your strength and powers, couldn't you just fly away from this place? But but no, as they move towards the Underverse, the light from the Earth's sun shifts to the red end of the spectrum, and so he doesn't have his powers. But of course. Yeah. Okay, I feel like, okay, okay, can I, can I, can, can I just, like, quickly do uh, do the thing? 
Sure. Okay, so if this was literally like the opposite, and maybe this is maybe like too, um, this is too presumptuous of me, or this is me like just projecting and going way out there. Why aren't they? Why aren't Bizarro's walking backwards? Uh, why aren't they on handstands? Because uh, because mm-hmm. shouldn't they be like walking on their hands instead of their feet? Um, they should be talking with some other orifice of their body. They should be eating in another part of the, like another orifice of their body. They should, all their senses should be like either mixed up or, or different. Um, if the temperature of the, the, if the average temperature of the entire planet is like, should be minus 15 degrees Celsius, the design of them being like, you know, these, these creatures or what, that's fine. That's, that's fine. But they should be like the opposite gender as well, or sex or whatever. By this point, I, I have no idea. Um, you catch my drift, right? I'm going back to Earth 2 with our sentiments of yes. like, well, if this was the opposite. The speech makes sense. The speech perfectly makes sense. Also, the speech pattern should not only be like backwards, they should be upside down and inverted. <laughs> yes, but you you go too far into a, a ridiculous concept. I, I, yeah, no, I take it like, I, I go over the top with it, and that's not fair to Grant Morrison. Uh, they, they put a lot of hard work into this, so I I'm really like showing no appreciation to uh, Morrison. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, oh, great person. Yeah, but as we learn more about this this planet, we discover that because of the damage that Superman did when he slammed into it, it's creating some images that might be able to, from his memory, I should say, that might be able to pacify Superman so he doesn't act out any more violence against it. And Zibaro's kind of uh, lamenting about his, his ability to perceive beauty in a world full of just kind of cruelty to him all, all the other bizarros i wouldn't say that they despise him for being different but they certainly have no respect for him and they 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 mock him they bully him and i do love i do love their bullying i think it's just ridiculous ugh handsome yeah <laughs> oh zabaro um am king of cool <laughs> so what's the opposite of catcalling i guess <laughs> as disgusting as that is it's just like yeah i don't know whatever that is rat calling I don't know. <laughs> dog calling, I guess. Dog whistle. Um, oh. We even uh, we even moved by uh, uh, the bizarre versions of Jimmy, Lois, and Perry White. Yeah, they're the ones. Yeah, haggling him or not haggling, uh, heckling. Heckling, yeah, exactly. No, getting all my words mixed up. Today. Mocking him and like wanting to publicly flog him. Well, <laughs> or publicly shame him. Okay, sorry, publicly shame him. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, and he's lamenting the fact that one day the planet will come to the i guess return to all night he says yeah when that comes so i'll turn back into this this planetary sludge i guess like the uh what do they call it the primordial ooze kind primordial of soup what the hey is this in end of evangelion <laughs> and interrupting their talk who shows up but a bizarro Jarrell? and yeah this is kind of an odd little tangent here with this guy what do you think about this uh little interruption uh where the hey is um i forgot superman's mother's name oh i'm a terrible person uh what was her name again oh yeah i can't remember either um i should be able to remember she had a whole a whole little section on smallville where she showed up and i wanted to say Kara Zorel, but that's his cousin yeah oops <sighs> uh, well either way yeah either way let's let's keep this moving let's uh yeah did, did you think much about this little drill bit uh I didn't have too much thoughts, but uh, well, it's. I mean, he should obviously still be alive, I guess. Yeah, 
Like, well, I mean, he's just a an image created from the planet to uh, speak to Superman. So, is he? It's not really in the same bizarre way. Yeah, because remember, uh, Zabaro said that it's creating, taking memories from Superman's mind and creating images to pacify him. I think that's why we also see the Perry Whites and the Lois and the Jimmy, because all the other ones in the planet, I think, at this point, are pretty much just the little blur bodies, except for the two Supermans. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm looking at it, and is it pacifying him? Because it at least Zabaro is is stating that. Like, I love the name, by the way, Le Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's just me being that, but like. I thought it was funny too. <laughs> it, yeah, no, I, I, it, I thought he was saying that uh, Le Rouge is like just a normal, regular citizen of bizarre, bizarre world. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Where's the line that you? Where's the line that you? Uh, where you're getting it from? It's on page uh, 173. It's the second panel down. Oh, what the hey? Okay, hang on. Planet speaks through all those except me. Is how he starts. Or all these except me. Wait, 173. Yeah. I'm on 173 unless it's like somewhere else. I don't see this line, but I, okay, fair enough. Like, Yeah, go back one page prior. At the bottom of it, we see Zabaro grabbing onto Superman who looks shocked, and it's the second panel down. Wait, 173? That's what it says on mine, yep. Huh. It starts with, The planet speaks through all these except for me. Our home is afraid you'll hit it again and is forming new bizarros from your memory as a way of pacifying you. It'd be the second page after the start of this issue. I think I'm, I wonder if they, uh, what if I'm having that problem with like, like you had in, uh, what is it? Uh, for all seasons. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. If you go back to the first image of like the cube. Bizarro tropolis. Love it. Oh yeah. Our that's home, the page. Yeah. Our home is afraid of you. You'll, you'll hit it again and is forming new bizarros from your memory as well. Okay. There you go. Never mind. Huh? Okay. But it just, it just sounds like when, um, when Zabaro was talking about Le Rouge, he's speaking as though like Le Rouge is like a regular, like average citizen. I agree. Yeah, that's that's why I find it a little confusing all this because all the other Bizarros just look like those unshaped men. Yeah. Except for the ones that relate to Superman. So that's why I thought that they were the ones that the planet was forming for him. But then it gets confusing. Yeah. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, you know, keeping me on that. Um, and keeping up with me. I'm just, I was confused. I was like, huh? Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, Superman, he's starting to feel hopeless, but then he fixates on the idea of building a spaceship, like the one that brought him to earth from Krypton. So I think this is quite a pretty idea as well. Another kind of exodus for him from a, a dying world. Even though this one isn't dying, it's just kind of a, it's kind of stuck in a malaise world. Yeah, unfortunately, given the fact that, you know, what Superman did to it, it's kind of, you're right, not exactly in, a, in the right mindset. And um, I guess it's just going about the, the, the business. It's just going about the, watching the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as a little, a little cutaway, we, we jump over to Quintum who's hanging out with Lois Lane, and they're just giving it a little bit of an update on the sorry state of affairs with Superman. And, uh, yeah, not not too much there, I don't think. I found his mother's name, by the way, Lara Lorvan. That's what it is. Or Lara Zorel, I believe. Hmm. I think. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Yeah, Lara is, sounds correct, yeah. Yeah, because it's like Kara, but anyways. But basically, the rest of, like, like what, what they're kind of going off of is uh trying to figure out a way to get like yeah escape like how do i you know escape from new york yeah 
and the Bizarros, they're all just making fun of him. You know, especially the Bizarro Superman, he's just, he thinks it's a laugh riot. And Superman's trying to show him the ways. He's like, look, if you guys help me bring in these materials, I can get out of here sooner. And I got this cool cart with this wheel. And they're all like, wheel. And they're all making fun of him again. Superman M. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> Superman MD, as uh, as Wally Coyote would say or introduce. Um, but before that, uh, we, we hop back to, you know, the current, the... I guess above universe, but not like yeah. over universe, whatever. Um, I'm waiting for the side universe, by the way. I want to go there. I want to know what that's like. Uh, we hop back to uh, Leo's pad on the moon and he's actually brought maybe with Jimmy. I don't know. Like maybe it's connections to Jimmy. Uh, he's, he's brought Lois on board, which is interesting. Hmm. I just remember that this is, yeah, this is an important scene. Yeah, this is a very important scene uh, yeah. <laughs> where he explains to her like what the flip is going on scientifically and that like, um, you know, what the underverse is and it's going down uh, and what's happening with Superman and how he you know, can't go there. And then he mentions something to her. Yeah, just in passing, slips it out about somebody dealing with some a little bit of mortal uh, perils at the moment. Uh, some of the name of Superman. And yeah, she's pretty stunned by this. And and she assumes right away, like, it's Luther, isn't it? Like, poor Lex, you know, everyone's got suspicions out about him. This this poor guy, the victim. <laughs> yes, you know, all is, how could he? He's getting the chair for <laughs> crimes against humanity? Completely innocent. Yeah, it's all Superman. That's what he said. There's two sides to every story. And maybe maybe he's got the right... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, it was all Superman. Superman was like going to the sun to destroy it. Luther was there to say, like, pre- like prevent Superman from doing that. Yeah, let's not forget Superman M genius. So, you know, we can't trust this guy. MD or DM, I guess. If the Bizarros like him. <laughs> I like the one who's like, me, I'm so interested. <laughs> oh, Bizarros. <laughs> yeah, I get a, cr- you get a kick out of that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but and then also mentioning something about um, or just still on on Leo, sorry. But he mentioned something about the sun. Um, says, but during a fine scan of our solar probe data, we found something else disturbing. Right there, hiding in the sun, wherever he is. I hope he finds a way back. I'd say this looks like a job for Superman. It appears as though there's something coming from the sun, our sun. Mm. What could that be? We'll have to find out next issue. Or, maybe, well, okay, sorry, not next issue, but we'll have to find out. Actually, maybe it might be next issue, but. Yeah, we'll find out. Find out next. Yeah, we'll find out. And, yeah, Superman's, again, he's, he's trying to persuade these guys, and it's taken him a little while. He's a little bit slow, but finally he realizes that if he says, um, it says it speaks in the bizarre way that the people will finally understand him. And so, yeah, even though he says, no, wait, listen to me, the Bizarro does seem to turn his head like he, I don't know, maybe he just likes the sound of Superman's voice, but it's not until he starts saying the words, M no want, M listen. Oh, wait, M no want, you listen. Ah, oh, crap, I keep, keep screwing it up. It's hard for me to talk this way. <laughs> yep. But either way, yeah, he, he manages to speak their lingo and they, they turn around, they're, they're pleased. So, so that's a, there you go. And then he gets them on their side and kind of lays out the groundwork of this is what we don't need to build. Um, this would be a terrible thing for us to, to put together. Then I wouldn't be able to escape. And they're all excited. They're all saying boo. 
and it's great. Yeah, it's 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 perfect. Yeah, uh, especially when he's got like yeah Jorel and or sorry Le Rouge uh, on his side. Yeah, and then they all come together and they they don't work on the the ship together, and yeah, there's no progress there, and yeah, everything's going bad. Yep, no, it's it's sucking, uh, especially for Superman since he uh, he's he's starting to get a little weaker. He's uh, yeah, it's get it's getting bad. Yeah, yeah, that's no good. He's 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 looking pretty pale, given that again he's well not pale physically, but he's starting to lose his strength, given that you know again he's it's the moving towards the red side of the spectrum for the sun, so he literally has no power, and the weight of this underverse is going to crush him, which is uh, not a good thing. Yeah, and potentially seemingly in an effort from the planet to help him, I guess it decides to create some new Bizarro forms in the shape. Of the old Justice League, we get the this uh, Bizarro Green Lantern showing up, and this Bizarro Flash, and yeah, I don't I don't know if they actually do anything. I don't know if we see any any sort of help from them, but they they do show up there. So it's uh <laughs> it's showing that Justice League exists. By the way, it's the Unjustice League, mm, mm. not the Injustice League, the Unjustice League. So uh, Bizarro Green Lantern. Uh, am no have ultimate power ring can make it real what me am no think of so he's basically a moron <laughs> um obviously reverse or sorry bizarro flash not reverse flash excuse me um bizarro flash uh you know slowest guy around or sorry <laughs> fastest man around oh my favorite <laughs> my favorite yep yep say it just you go ahead and then we get Bizarro Wonder Woman. This one's probably going to be the most helpful. Oh, I thought you were going to say Batman, uh, but fair enough. <laughs> oh, no. She's just a big old ugly <laughs> cheap lump of clay. Yeah, they're they're flashing back to her organ origins as a as a her, golem. Her organs. Yeah, her organs. <laughs> I mean, I guess she's made of clay, so you could say that you could, you're seeing her organs. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, she never, uh, even though she was molded by the gods, she never... Uh, she never was formed from clay into like a, a person. So yeah, unfortunately she's stuck as a statue. So I guess you'd have to get like Bizarro Medusa over here, like for your, or maybe not. I don't know how that'd work anyways, but uh, then there's Bizarro Batman. Oh yes. Yeah. He was shot dead by his parents. Yeah. It's like, Oh crap. <laughs> Grant Morrison, you absolute son of a gun. Like you brilliant genius. You, I love it. I do like I do like uh, Superman. He's like you know I I know these poor demented creatures, you know they mean well, but you know they're they're just not they're not helpful at all. <laughs> like they're all trying, but uh, I think that's cute. <laughs> no, am all on Justice League on together. Mm. <laughs> also, apparently they have a uh, headquarters under the streets. Come on, this is the closest thing they could have gotten to the Legion of Doom headquarters, but anyways. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we get this little tender moment with Zibaro here, and yeah, they're they're just kind of having a nice little moment together, and Zibaro notices that in Superman's designs that he's been looking over, that there's only room for one on the ship. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, kind of a cruel... I mean, I don't know if Superman was just like, there's only room for one... Or if he was like, I really don't want this guy around. No, I don't. I don't think he has. I think it was just a weight thing. Now, 
I do wonder, maybe it was a lack of time, but I wonder if, and maybe because he only has so much time before he can get out of this, you know, this world, um, that I kind of wish that he could have made plans for um, Zabaro to also escape in a separate rocket. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but again, it's it's mirroring, you know, Krypton's destruction, although it's not really destruction in this case for Bizarro World. Uh, it's just Superman having to get off a planet. And he's going to do it by rocket ship because, you know, it's Superman. Of course, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I do feel quite terrible for Zabaro here because, oh yeah, I mean, Superman's like, don't worry. You know, once I get home safely, oh, you know, give me give me a couple of weeks and I'll be right on. I'll be putting together a plot to get you out of here, you know, selling him some nice little sweet words. But, you know, that all night's coming soon. And how much longer is he going to be himself before he just, you know, deforms into this little glob i mean i i would think not because he's have self-awareness so i don't think he would revert back to like you know protoplasm or oh but he said he would oh crap yeah <laughs> it was i think on that same page from before oh yeah great yeah lovely the worst thing that could happen so so yeah he's uh, he was even saying like am i cursed to be able to know all these beauties and then just you know waste away when we all reform back in the all night i mean i would hope that he could somehow reform given that you know he's you know there's five billion of these people good grief there's five billion of these people but like yeah you'd think that like he would somehow reform hopefully but uh we'll we'll see yeah and we see uh very sadly he asks like okay well if, if i'm not going with you is there any chance you could you could take a look at the works that i've written before you go yes yeah, and we'll see if Superman bothers to take a look at that. But again, I think while he's probably fighting, you know, self-preservation mode at this point to, you know, want to live, given that this could be the end of Superman. Um, no, I think he's I, 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 I never think that Superman's like trying to, you know, not be, you know, a friend to this guy. It's just I think given the circumstances, he's like, I, I can't afford that right now. Yeah. But he is at least trying to give him his like attention and show his support and definitely does bring the works there. But uh, we will have to see for that later. Yeah. But where do we go from here? Uh, they sing the national bizarro anthem or this first or this like areas bizarro national anthem. Oh, yes. Which I also quite liked. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm not gonna sing it. We're not. We're not doing that. We're not doing this musical no. number. We'd be here forever. We have other issues that we have to continue over. But it basically, uh, as like he's making, as Superman is waking his way, you know, to the the rocket and to finish the rocket uh, with the last details and materials, is a bunch of citizens or uncitizens um, trying to, uh, or you know, singing along this this national anthem. <laughs> And they crown Le Rouge, uh, king of uh, this place, I guess, or whatever. And um, yeah, light him on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what do you think about his little Superman's last little exchange with Zabar about his, his writings there? Do you think Superman actually read him? <laughs> uh, well, I think he's choosing his words, like his last words, if they are his last words uh, wisely. Because literally he's almost he I, at this moment he's getting crushed under the weight, so it's yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's fair. I guess that's fair. 
for whatever reason, I just, I, I don't know. I just get the impression that Superman's just not that interested in this Bizarro guy. Maybe, maybe that's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing it, but. Ah, fair enough. I, I, I take it that he's, you know, showing courtesy to any life form. Uh, and in this case, even though the only problem is that he has, he wants to get back to his earth. So it's overcoming it. Like it, it's a distraction, unfortunately, but I feel like he'd be pals with this guy. Yeah. No, I, I like to think so as well. I just, because I feel like once he does get home, he really doesn't go looking for this guy. So that's, well, I mean, is that on Superman or is that on Grant Morrison? That, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I do feel like at the end of this, this is a betrayal. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, given that spoilers, I don't think we've other than I think he keeps the uh, his little writings in his Fortress of Solitude somewhere. I don't think he um, comes back or yeah, yeah, he goes back for him. Yeah, he just dooms him to return to the sludge unless uh, unless Quintum like finds him later on. Yeah, well, we'll find out, I guess, yeah. as we finish this out. But yep. I do like him uh, thanking Super Bizarro in his uh, his way and for all the help that they did there. So I, I think that's a nice little ending there. Oh, yeah. Um, but they got to get the rocket like into orbit. Obviously, it has, you know, fuel that still burns, I guess, or unfuel or whatever. And to do that, it's like, hey, anybody got a light? And then Bizarro Flash comes. It's like, no secret weapon. <laughs> Hmm. yeah i like that <laughs> oh but you know i was actually thinking i'm reading this last little bit from quintum saying the bizarre world's gone down to the underverse into the cold layer where time stands still maybe that was the the all night so maybe once superman left it was already too late yeah potentially yeah we see him as the final image as as we close it out sabara waving to uh oh that's so sad i think yeah no, it's, it's a beautiful a, image. Although, unfortunately, the Statue of Liberty or whatever it is in this case, um, <laughs> like a stick of dynamite or whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you know, even more evidence that every, everything is melting around him. So now the planet's going to turn into the Solaris planet, where the whole surface is just like a living liquid. That's what it looks like. Because even it looks like the buildings are, are starting to melt as well. Yeah, everything's decaying. But Zabaro Superman. Oh no, I think he's starting to. Uh, I think he's starting to regress. I think so too. Oh, that's sad. Ah, oh, uh, no. shoot! Dang it, you're right. Dang it, I want. I didn't want it to be, but I think you're right. Me I'm just denying. <laughs> I'm denying your. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm projecting my own imagery. It's like no, he's not. <laughs> but I clearly see that image. So it's like, yeah, it's quite tragic. Um, I know I didn't give as much like credit to Zabaro, but yeah. nah, he's I, I I wish somebody would do something with him again. I think it would be yeah. uh, worth it. Uh, I think he's worthy of a of of an issue at least or an issue or two. Golly, have they done a have they done like a April Fool's Day with with like Bizarro Superman? Oh, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Uh, okay, but uh, but let's jump over to episode nine. Curse of the Replacement Superman. Yeah, a, a curious follow-up to that, I would say, rather somber and, and lovely uh, one. This one's a little bit odd, but uh, I guess we'll jump into it as we see the rocket that Superman was on returning to the Earth and landing right by this, what looks like maybe a circus that they're putting up there. Yep, or circus tent. Yeah, circus tent. And they all look over like, oh, what the fuck? 
It's always some sort of destruction going around these days. <laughs> Great. Again, why? <laughs> Superman's like, oh, sorry, folks. You know, sorry if I startled you. I'll be on my way here. Just, you know, maybe clean up all this mess I just left. And I'll see you later. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. Again, like, maybe is it Smallville? Is it just somewhere in the Midwest where... Actually, if this wasn't Smallville again, this is the same cornfield that he landed in before, but it's now been converted into like, you know, just grass. Like, all right, what the heck? I guess Smallville is really the meteor capital of the world. Yeah, and I like that Superman says, uh, I hope not too late to repair the damage caused by the bizarre invasion. But I get the sense that there's maybe some sort of time dilation. I can't remember if they say it. Uh, They don't say that in the last issue, but there definitely is some time dilation as this guy... Um, I, he said, Superman says this out loud, which is good because one of the guys says, guess he hasn't heard then about his replacements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh yeah. Here it is. Two months. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. See, so, yeah, I was gone two months and everything's been repaired and yeah, there seems to be some Kryptonian influence here. Something's, uh, taking a bit of a change. Something amiss. And he shows up back to work and, you know, Perry White's like, what the heck? You're back. Uh, we all thought you were dead. And yeah, Clark's like, oh, no, I just got trapped in the bathroom. Uh, uh, what a terrible excuse. <laughs> With three unopened Thanksgiving baskets and the complete works of Shakespeare. Hopefully he's got Zabaro's works in there. Uh, uh-huh. Fortunately, Superman heard my cries for help. And well, uh, here I am. And hi, Lois. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we. Yeah, well. I was about to bring up Zabaro again. I was like, we don't see him making any actions to head over to Quintum. Like, we got to help my friend that I just met. I feel as though he's, first off, he crash landed on Earth. And second, I think he also has to deal with, you know, what's currently happening right now. It's fair. It's fair. A uh, certain occupation that is uh, happening. Hey, occupation. These guys are making the world a better place. I mean uh explain this two-page spread then or well maybe not two-page spread but these next six panels of what the fudge are they doing here hey there there's a bit of a you know every time there's a new power a vacuum power trans uh transition you know there's a little bit of some wars and some violence but (laughs) yeah that's this is this is true i mean maybe i'm just miss okay maybe i'm misinterpreting this panel here these panels here where i see all these people running and then i see the two kryptonians here and it's like um are they making this volcano or are they like um, redirecting the lava flow somewhere else? Kind of like in the fortune teller episode of last Airbender. Well, I think they're just, you know, they're reshifting the lands to make more room for their new Krypton uh, capital. So, uh, Oh, so they're doing the thing from man of steel where they're convert, they're terraforming yeah. earth into Krypton. Oh, lovely. <laughs> just wait. Superman's going to blast the dude's head off. <laughs> oh i feel like uh this issue is an antithesis to that movie but anyways <laughs> oh but superman shows up you know i guess he i guess he could track down their heartbeats or you know i'm sure he's got some way to find them and he comes over and offers to give them some help and they're they're immediately just condescending these two uh, these these pair of uh kryptonians are pretty rude yes meet bar l and lilu uh, or Lilo, excuse me. Uh, unfortunately, she is not as sweet as, you know, the girl from, you know, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, we're Stitch. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I guess Bar L is Stitch. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, these are husband and wife, so I don't want to go there. That was, uh, sorry. Um, 
Yeah, and these two, they were the first astronauts to leave Krypton, and they just kind of got lost. I guess they were traveling for so long, and they were in their own heads that they never really bothered to come back home. And and yeah, uh, Clark, I guess I guess reading through the histories in his uh, fortress, was a fan of these two, and so he's very glad to meet them. So, how long have they lived for, by the way? Because, I mean, they don't. I mean, they. I don't say they look old. They look like middle aged. I say, but like, like they're full adults. But how do they live? Because there's no Phantom Zone to like. uh what is it? Say they don't age unless it's a whole like Kryptonian Zone ages long, but Superman clearly ages. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't got any answer. Maybe it's the weird outfits that they wear. Anti-aging outfits. That's why we don't bother with style. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> but funny enough, yeah, Bar L, uh, that name, if that mean does like sound familiar, it's like, yes, this is uh, one of Jor-El's ancestors. Yeah. Meaning that this is one of Superman's like descendants or ancestors, excuse me. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to have much respect for for Jor-El. He called him a a dreamer and yeah, ineffectual as well. Oh, I but Lilu says actually wait, I'm contradicting myself because like Lilu says uh, or Lilo, not Lilu uh, says I remember Jor-El, a young and ineffectual dreamer. Yeah. Okay, so obviously some form of like anti aging or something has been done because if the if Jor-El was young in that time, then yeah, I don't, I don't know. So maybe this is like an uncle of his or whatever. Yeah, but either way, they've they've decided that they're going to build new Krypton in this 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 squalor of Earth, you know, this pathetic planet of the humans. And they moved into the fortress too, because they're like the only place worthy of us living is a place that's got some Kryptonian kind of roots set down. So they moved in there. And I do like that they say that you shouldn't have left that key laying around. Of course, the only people who could open it are some other Kryptonians. So so again, some clever little setup there. And what do you think about uh, the kind of? I mean, they've turned this place into some squalor too. They've they're letting the robots fall into disrepair, which I thought was sad. Yep. And they're just kind of like knocking shit around in there. <laughs> oh, and especially like you know what they do to you know we didn't see this before, but there's uh, some statues that Superman made uh, out of his uh, basically statues of his parents, both Jor-El and uh, Lara. So. They've knocked them down. Thankfully, they didn't like destroy them, but they knocked them down and put uh, their own busts and or statues of themselves in there. And yep. yeah, that's that's not kind of cool, man. They didn't do anything to the Titanic or the Challenger, but <laughs> not the Challenger, sorry, but uh, the space shuttle, uh, which is nice. But they definitely mentioned the city of Kandor. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're pretty disgusted by the way Clark has, at least in their view, has kept their people down by one, keeping those people trapped in their little jar. And for the whole situation with the Phantom Zone folks, yeah, they find it pretty repellent that their their folks are being not allowed to be unleashed onto the world. I guess they forget that the Phantom Zone is a prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, hey, morons, don't you remember that usually, as, at least as far as I remember, and this might just be ignorance, but I thought the Phantom Zone itself was for prisoners uh, of Krypton. I mean, yeah. Heck, that was what was in uh, Superman 2, for pit's sakes, with Zod. And in the beginning of, like, the first Superman, for crying out loud, Zod and his goons are, like, sentenced to the Phantom Zone. So, like... Well, I guess in their point of view, 
the fact that all their people are wiped out. These are the last remnants. They'd rather have criminals than nobody. You know what? Not getting into that. That might be a nature versus nurture debate. We don't have time for that. Anyways. Um, but of course, Superman does uh, bring up, and for the audience who doesn't know, uh, does bring up, you know, why the city of Kandor is shrunk because of Brainiac, of course. And that he has been finding a, trying to find a way to, you know, revert the shrinking process. I guess he didn't just like find the shrinking ray and like reverse it itself. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but either way, any sort of answer that you could give them is never going to please them because they're just pissed off at him. They feel like he's a disappointment to their species. And so these, they decide to lay the smack down on him. And we get another big fight here. Yeah, this time they like initiate the you know they, they throw hands at superman he doesn't he just comes at them with words and then they come at him with violence <laughs> and punches yeah. him and well uh superman's kind of taking it rough it's like wait a minute is he still like recovering from being in the underverse like this makes no sense like why yeah. i thought he was supercharged like i thought he would be you know kind of invulnerable to these guys like he had no problem with samson or atlas literally like holding both of their arms like with nothing and then breaking them so it's like what's going on here i think something's amiss here but anyways um basically yeah nox just said throws him to the moon and i'm like how come yep. Winton is not like kind of worried about this that they and makes a fisher literally in the moon what the hell is this like sonic adventure 2 yeah cracks the earth or moon yeah the moon yeah Although technically when they throw him to the earth, they should have cracked the earth. But anyways, no, not really. It's yeah. just like a small, like, you know, I don't know, city block destroyed or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're not worried. They're so arrogant. Nothing that we can't fix. And they, they fly up there. They start stealing some bridges, just tearing them out of the ground and putting them up there. And so, yeah, they're, they're holding it together. Okay. They're, they're new heroes. There's the golden gate bridge. There's like, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> Hey, it's Patella bridge over there. Yeah, and oh, and if we look to the left, you can see all the cars of the that they just dropped onto the the surface of the moon. Wait, how many people are people dying? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, these guys are not cool. <laughs> uh, but then we get a little. Then we flash back to the the Daily Planet here. There's a little discussion around the water cooler. As Kent, I mean this this guy is just an embarrassment. You know, he's he's rocking around. He's like, oh, I need to get some water. I'm I'm dripping blood everywhere out of my nose, but I'm just gonna grab some water. And then old, uh, is that Steven? Yeah. Besides Steven. to put a, a lighter up his ass. That's just... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he can sense if a, like a flatulence coming. Cause if he's doing like a blue angel or whatnot, but like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess he's either lighting his shorts on fire. Or he's just like lighting his rear on fire. I have no idea. Yeah. I didn't know what that was, but I was like, this Steven guy seems like a big bully. Like this is just rude. Oh, of course. Like he's probably like, even though Luther admires, um clark just for his midwestern upbringing or midwest upbringing excuse me you probably also would like steve for some odd reason but anyways um and then uh after clark but again yeah no see this shouldn't happen right where like clark gets burnt basically but that shouldn't be happening right especially with that nosebleed it's like what's going on here Mm, this is this isn't out of soup like all of a sudden he's like being vulnerable to you know fire like that doesn't sound like superman to me something's uh something is amiss but i but it, he still has powers though because like even though he's he's like you know he splashes water on his face he 
maybe this is out of character for him, but he does like kind of with his, his like glasses down. He kind of just shows his heat vision and his, uh, his hair. Yeah. And, um, it's a good thing. He knows that it's a wig. It's weird toupee. though. Cause he, he says, he says that, Oh yeah, you obviously knew it was a toupee, but he like, he does that to him, but then he goes, uh, I'm uh, speaking of comedy, Steve, uh, your hairpiece is on fire. <laughs> it's like, I guess he was letting him in on the joke. I don't know. And then I love Cat Grant's timing, by the way. It's perfect where she gets the cup of water. She sees what's happening. And then he, she just like pours on him. Like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I like the two uh, Kryptonians. They're just, they're just disgusted by Clark's pretending to be a human. They're like, have you abandoned all dignity? They're even talking aloud so that he can hear it. And they're just, yeah, just humiliated by his presence by pretending to be this, this buffoon. Yeah, like walking among them. <laughs> that stupid Clark. Oh, oh, you got the wrong guy, Burrell. Uh, <laughs> like, really, are they going to believe that at this point? That these two are just mistaking him for Superman? But I guess. Oh they wait, do. no, 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 no. He was that, that was Steve talking. Really? Oh, I thought that yeah. was Clark. No, oh. no, Clark's in the back. You can see. So it goes Steve, Cat, oh, I see. Lois, <laughs> Jimmy, and then Clark. By the way, what do you think of Jimmy's new uh, fashion attire? <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's okay. I think, yeah, it's fair all right. I think the belt needs to be a bit lower, but that's just me. Also, yeah. I don't know if it works well with the pants. I feel like you need to have matching pants or something like that with that. Maybe that's just me. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not into like, you know, the fashion industry. Me neither. Maybe this is high, high art for fashion. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm too much of a slob. I'm an uncultured slob anyways. But at that moment of, um, Oh yeah, I like how Clark's like, ah, maybe you should Jimmy alert Superman with that watch there of yours. Hmm. Uh, and he's like, I gotta go do something about this nosebleed. Um, right as they're, you know, again, ca- catching the monologuing, um, Lilo, Lilo, ah, dang it, Lilo. See, I don't want to say Lilo, but that's her name. Uh, Lilo falls. She just all of a sudden, like, just drops. Not drops dead, just drops. And Barrel just, like, sprints down to, like, catch her and Thankfully, Superman saves her. Although, hopefully not like that, or else she would have gone kersplat, because that's not a good thing. But anyway, um, <laughs> take your naked hands away from her, you darn dirty ape. And we see that the two of them have fallen into some serious decline, and Superman explains that they must have flown through a certain radioactive cloud in space, which caused the minerals in their bodies to turn to toxic kryptonite. So what an unfortunate spot of luck for these two here. Although I still find it weird that like, isn't he immune to kryptonite or maybe like at least heavily resistant to it, given that, you know, we saw Lois shoot that Krypton laser at him and he no sold it. So eh, whatever, like I'm okay with it though. It at least explains like why he was acting weakened. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that that was the reason. Hmm. Yeah. He says it can't kill me anymore but it was weakening me. As for you, mm. I'm afraid your own bodies are poisoning you, Barrel. And yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, and so he tries to he he you know, takes a look, sees what he can do to help these folks, but it's it's pretty clear that, you know, there's there's not much he can do at this point. I mean, they basically become blind. It's it's really sad. Like even yeah. though these guys are jerks, it's like I mean, look at look at like the last thing he said, like Barl says, is Lilo. You just see his eyes are now like fish eyes, or they they, they, they kind of just or cross, not even cross. They go like opposite cross. 
And so Superman realizes that, you know, their bodies are, there's no way to save these, but he can save their minds by sending them into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Or I guess he does say their bodies can be dematerialized there. Yeah, no, and at least kind of, I wouldn't say live, but yeah, get a, yeah, be in a better thing. And I I do like the little speech between the the two of them, uh, or at least Bar-El and Superman about... Just you know, with, 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 like how he showed them kindness, even though like they showed him, you know, violence or whatever it was. Yeah, and he says the Phantom Zone will have some law and order at last. Well, that's that's not that's not that doesn't sound great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those two know. jerks. <laughs> yeah, apparently the astronauts and our policemen. I guess. Oh boy. Yeah, so not a happy ending to that one, but. Uh, uh yeah um uh yes episode nine curse of the replacement superman unless i or superman excuse me unless i didn't say that before yeah but now we're jumping into episode 10 never ending just like this podcast <laughs> did you like that image that last image of them like you know kind of just standing you know at the ready and then all these like prisoners inside the uh for no. solitude yeah i didn't think you would <laughs> I felt bad for the prisoners. <laughs> I figured you would. Um, okay, so yeah, episode 10, never ending. This one's a big one. Um, th- three issues left. Um, so this one this one plays with time. This is like a Chris Nolan film where it plays with time. It, like, it, it goes everywhere. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's nonlinear. So yeah, hopefully... I remember most of like the, the order of sequence, but where there's, there's time forward and time back, but it's all like within about one day. Yeah. And we see, uh, at least in one time period, we have Superman writing his last will and Testament. And another time he's, he's flying this school bus to where, I don't know, <laughs> somewhere in Egypt. Yeah. Like where the pyramids are, uh, as basically like a tour. And yeah. we see Superman like, walk away we see this nurse or orderly or doctor or whatever you know talk her about like you know the, the kids being excited um it's the least i can do because it would seem that these kids don't exactly have hair which you know what that means uh that people infer that um but yeah we see like seven it starts at 702 a.m and then his like the last will and testament uh is at 11 25 p.m and good grief, that first image, by the way, is that that like one page itself is is really cool, especially with all the wires there. That looks like something Atoma would love. Yeah, that's a cool image. Yeah, and he's talking about how Samson told him that he'd complete 12 legendary super challenges before he died, and he, that he's already completed seven, which I'm not sure what those seven were altogether. I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they probably said it in here, but like, okay, so is visiting the other underverse one of them? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, actually, yeah, because it was yeah, you would visit the underverse. So, yeah, that unanswerable questions been answered. He would create life. Well, he even says Solaris here. What's that? Uh, oh, I guess that's the name of the planet in this. Yeah, he overcome the tyrannical sun Solaris. Hence, why I was quite confused by when you said Solaris. Yeah, I'm like, I uh, noticed that. What are you? Uh, what? Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The I believe it's a Russian novel. I think, but but so then, yeah, we see that now ten twenty five a.m. He's looking on these uh, Kandorians, looking into their beautiful looking looking little world here, and they've got some important decisions to make. The Kandorians. 
and for the first time ever they're uh letting in a human yep uh yeah quintum yeah they're uh yeah it's kind of like uh it's like the ohms almost uh from uh fantastic planet <laughs> where they're having this like open debate with like this this council and bringing in quintum uh the, you know the earth's smartest man or one of the earth's smartest men uh to discuss you know the idea of on miniaturization or whatever it would be <laughs> yeah yeah and so i guess we'll we'll join a little bit more of that discussion as we as we go along because yeah it seems like quintum's got an idea for them but we gotta jump to a different time 12 a.m 12.01 a.m i should say and we're back to him writing his will thinking of some some things he needs to tie up yeah and well you remember that cube from mm-hmm. you know all the way back in like book uh, issue two yeah it turns out <laughs> this is a universe and he pawn he looks using his vision his supervision he like looks into this universe and sees tetsuo no i'm just kidding uh and sees earth q so another alternate earth within his like vision Yes, this. Oh, I I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> I figure you wouldn't. Yeah, there's something about this that seems a little fucked up in some way. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a universe itself in a cube, and again, cubes. Um, care to elaborate, or you want to keep going? Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll get uh, we'll get more on there. Um, but then we jump again to. 4 35 a.m so i think the 1201 a.m was after he was doing his like testament or was doing his testament whatever this is like before i yeah i I think from the previous day um where he again does the superhero trope of stopping a train yeah as well as stopping this this big old big old robot guy who's causing some trouble he's got lois die superman die and yeah Another big fight here. Um, I'd like to just quickly point out one quick like setup is that there's this this woman, uh, or or man, I I can't tell, who's we're 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 even though like you know Superman stopped the 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 train and all the people inside the train are you know you know helping. Um, of course, yeah, the um this this robot like went through the tracks and hence why he had to stop the train or else they would have derailed. But this woman is talking about telling somebody to hold up and um, that they're on their way. Anyways. Um, yeah. So we get a, yeah. Superman saves Lois from the robot. And she explains that she purposely got herself entangled with the robot just so that she could get his attention. So that they can discuss his, his coming death and he's pissed off about it, you know, reasonably. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, unfortunately given that Quentin told her, but he didn't, yeah, it wasn't like he's a dick or anything. He just like didn't realize he told her. But eh, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and he tries to tries to push her away. He's like, you know, our biology is incompatible. We can never have kids. But yeah, not in this continuity. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't really work. She's she's not taking the bait. But uh, yeah, unfor- geez. unfortunately, yeah, he's. Uh... Not so much. Also, the uh, before taking down this this robot, uh, he found a time capsule that was recorded for the year twenty three twelve. Interestingly enough, yeah. And he, he goes on about his day. We see him save this little kid from thinking about killing herself, 
And then we cut back to the Kandorians. Yeah, but as we yeah, as we see them discussing what the, the proposition that Quintum's presented for them, it's quite the quite the difference of a situation for them. Because they can be set free, but it's not being freed and being returned to their normal size like Clark is, but being the size that they are in their little their little cute or their little uh, little dome, basically the size of germs or dust particles. Yeah, unfortunately, even though they didn't go to like the atom for some reason, uh, who's <laughs> you know known to shrink and grow. Um, yeah, unfortunately, their perma stuck at, at the size. So, yeah, but they will be super powered by the yellow sun. Yeah, so, and some of them choose to, to go along with it. Other ones seem more divided. But then we cut back over to. Uh, yeah, Earth, Earth Q, as we see some, some folks learn how to do the, the cave drawings there. And yeah, so much, so much is going on at this point. Uh, well, you also forgot about the whole Superman going to Lex Luthor, by the way, where he, oh, I don't think I got to that yet. Yeah. He appeared. Well, it's after, it's after the, um, you know, my favorite thing in the entire book, but he just after after Lois Lane after he rescued Lois Lane from uh, Dino Man's or Mechano Man, excuse me. Um, it was it was revealed that like he was instructed by Lex to I guess cause mayhem or, or whatever. I, I have no idea. And oh, weird. then Superman shows up at Rikers Island in front of Lex's prison. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's a different prison from what he was in his cell. And he basically cuts the crap and says to Lex, "Hey, I'm dying." The world is yours, at least for the three weeks you have left before you're, they execute you. Um, and he and he basically like not yeah, pleads, but he he asks Luther like, "Hey, come on, like I'm gonna die. You have all this time left. Can you please like, in all the villainy that you've done all over the years, can you not in the in my as like maybe a final wish? But I'm asking, can you not take all that and like channel it for good?" And what does he do? Just spits right at him uh, in the two-way mirror. Or uh, not two-way mirror, but the glass. Yeah. And one could read that as him just spitting out all the good that he had left in him. <laughs> it's like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, and we keep cutting back to Earth Q time and time again, seeing their society develop for some reason in the background. I guess we'll discover what this means. And then we see Superman... Opening up a little, looks like a little, is it a lead box, you think? It was the lead box, but that was the time capsule box. Oh, yes, time capsule. Yeah. Yeah, and we get this garbled message from the future, which is, uh, I can't remember what this was. <laughs> Maybe going to a phone. I actually have no idea either. I was trying, because I couldn't decipher the the speech patterns again, like, am I like, yeah. is this Zabaro again, or is this somebody else? Or is this one of Superman's other descendants? Like I couldn't actually tell what this was, um, but I think it's giving him a message about something potentially. Yeah. Solar intelligence, maybe. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Solar intelligence systems and his eighth challenge is on the way. Oh yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and so we cut over to Superman hanging out with Quintum on, uh, I think it's Mars that they're on. Which, uh, yeah, again, 
Could you ask John Jones about this? Like, I feel like he's got a say in like whether you could just repopulate Mars with tiny, like, uh, Kryptonians. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> maybe it doesn't exist in this in this continuity. If the Justice League, if the Unjustice League exists, that probably means that Martian Manhunter may have had to. Ex- Anyways, whatever. That's neither here nor there. And we see on Earth two the first signs that maybe things are getting a little weird. Earth Q. Earth Q. Sorry. <laughs> As we see a man saying, behold, I teach you the Superman. And we don't know the context, but yeah, let's let's see where this goes here. Well, I know who that is, and I think you also know who that is, but you just don't want to say who that is. Yeah, maybe this could be something suspicious. Let's, yeah, let's find out. Something suspicious. <laughs> um, but before, now we go to from 4.30 p.m. to 6.45 p.m. And some of the... Um, I'm not going to say Superman Attack Squad, but the uh, Kandorian, um, whatever they were called, um, Super Squad. Microman. Microman, thank you. They go into Superman's bloodstream and his atomic stream and literally try to prevent his cells from dying. And obviously it doesn't work out, which sucks because, you know, they just just can't because... Uh, we can't prevent your white cells from committing suicide. Eesh, that's not good. Um, but still within Superman, he goes to this uh, hospital. And I question why he doesn't go to like all the hospitals, but that's just me. Maybe they do. I don't yeah. know. Um, and basically sends his, you know, his buddies uh, from his hand into these cancer cell patients to, um, you know, try to, Give them life. Try to extend their life and cure them of their diseases, which is very admirable of them and Superman to do. Mm-hmm. And we end this issue, uh, or one of we yeah we end part of this issue off back on Earth Q, uh, where we see this man in this you know modern-ish you know setting. Um, looks like it's in the thirties time period. Talking yeah. about, you know, or, or saying to himself, I think this might be it. I think this is the one. And we see a drawing of a man with an S on his chest. Yeah, sure looks like the, uh, perhaps a godlike being who's been staring into their universe. Potentially. Shaped in his image. So, hmm. Well, I guess we'll see where this develops too, but yeah. 11, 11.49 p.m. And to Clark Kent, the mild-mannered reporter who never let... Let me forget how it feels to be a downtrodden, ordinary man. I'll leave this, the headline of the century. Superman Dead by Clark Kent. Yeah, damn. Damn. And then we then we jump into episode 11. We're near the end here. Four hours. Can I, can I just, like, say one thing, by the way? Like, maybe this is too hard, but, like, I just want to point out one thing that kind of got me in this book um probably you just skipped it because you're like but this this image brings me to tears all the time it was in the middle of the book where maybe it didn't have any place and it was you know kind of misplaced you could say but this got me i don't, I don't know why and it's the dang i'm almost tearing up right now but it's the, it's the image of this we'd seen that person before talking to this girl reagan and then Superman, after he talked to Lois, was hearing this, these voices about, like, don't do it, I'll be home soon. 
And it's this girl who, yeah, as you said, was wanting to commit suicide. Yeah. And all he says to her is, you're much stronger than you think. Trust me. Dang, sorry. I'm tearing up right now as I look at it. It's just, it's probably the best image of this book, personally. Yeah, no, that's a good moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's just we're we're so we're still we still got so much more to go and we're so far. Yeah, I'm just speeding through it at this point. <laughs> I don't mind that at all. But that was uh, chapter 10 never ending in chapter 11, which I thought was two because I saw like the two ones and I was like, is that say chapter two or chapter 11? I was just thinking Roman numerals anyways. Red Sun Day. Yep, we open up with with Lex Luthor as time has come. The uh, the electric chair. It's finally arrived for him, and yeah, it's kill time. Or at least it would be if, you know, he hadn't taken a superpower serum for 24 hours. So. Oh, shoot. It's a bad luck. I wonder how that happened. I wonder that too. How, how did he get that? I think we'll have to read on to find out. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You see, they try to blast him, and he just stops the bullets with his hand. And he blasts back with his own heat vision. Yep. So it looks like those uh, that, that super serum from Injustice really uh, came from Luthor. I think that was actually the, the case, but yeah, it's a serum this time. So, whoops, he's going on a rampage. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah, and we see Superman. He's, you know, he's doing some tidying up, you know, after his buddy, the little, little Sun Eater left. Yeah. You know, he's a little bit sad about that. He is. And things are, things are getting worse now. He's, he's trying to tidy up his place, but. The end's coming soon. He's he's dying. Enter the process of dying. Yeah, no. Um, interesting. Uh, yes, okay, there it is. So we kind of go again through the Fortress of Solitude, and we see uh, the Phantom Zone. Then we see this Bizarro Zoo, which is pretty cool. A uh, bunch of creatures from uh, the Bizarro world that, ended, that stayed on Earth after the invasion, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Three or two months ago, whatever it was. We see... Uh, Superwoman's suit, or well, Lois Lane's suit for a day, uh, and then we also see in the background of another one. We see, uh, I think, all the Kryptonite as well, like blue, orange, white, multicolored. I think black might be in there somewhere, uh, but we also see uh, a note of some sort, or like a, a a page of some sort, piece of paper. I think that's the. I think that's Zabaro's script or his uh, his his yeah. writings. Yeah, he says, yeah, he says it to the, uh, the drone. Yep. It borrows poetry. There you go. Oh yeah. Right there. It's, it was in his hands. Never mind. Whoops. Idiot. Yeah, no. And he's, you know, even though he seems like he's accepting his death, he also says no matter how dark it seems, there's always a way. So, so he might still be, he might still have a card or two up his sleeve. Well, I guess we'll find out. Oh, by the way. Uh, it's like blessed, uh, blessed with friends like Pete and Lana and Jimmy and Batman. Yeah. So there you go. Batman exists in this world. Anyways. Yeah. We cut over to, I guess, Lex's stronghold, his little, little secret base. And there's that, that, uh, niece of his again. She's, uh, yeah. I don't know about this character. This is kind of an odd one. Just like her, how, like kind of similar to my she is like (laughs) i guess i could see that but you know they they say that she's a teenager but the first time we saw her she was wearing like almost like uh like a thong pants and they always kind of you know emphasize that element of her 
Mm-hmm. And she's going around calling him Uncle Lexi. Like, it's just kind of a weird uh, sidekick for him. Dude, have you not ever watched anime? I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it seems like a weird character is all. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, certainly unique in a way. <laughs> and also, it's weird to think that he has a Lex has a sister and this is his his niece. It's just a little bit odd. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, well. I'm trying to remember other continuities, but hey, I mean, maybe, maybe it's like. Maybe it was a wife of his. I, I have no idea. But uh, anyways, uh, I like I like how we basically go to like, I know it's his, his little like Fortress of Solitude, but it's like this, I don't know, cube. It's not even that big. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but then we see him basically assemble some robots. He's assembling some robots and giving her the keys to uh, run these robots as she is really about uh, world domination and uh, ending the universe as we know it. <laughs> Yep. And he's summoning this 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 sun tyrant. Bringing this kind of uh is it orange or red light? I guess it's red sunlight. Uh so yeah, it's red sunlight. It's this it's this machine. It's also kind of like ego in a way. It's yeah, Solaris. Uh yeah. really cool. I, I really like its design and what it is. And it's also a computer as well. So it's again, it's like Brainiac in a way almost, but like now it's a planet. So like ego and yeah, him and him and Lex have been colluding with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and Superman's he's got himself a new costume in order to face this this beastie. Yep. Kind of a sun sunsuit. Yes, because it's got so you know, it's it's put, putting out red radiation, so it's not gonna it's not gonna be able to uh give Superman any power and said take away his power. Uh as it kinda is almost doing like a eclipse to the sun itself, interestingly enough. It's a it's a double eclipse in a way if the Solaris is considered a sun uh star star uh, solar object excuse me um and so he looks up in the sky and he's you know kind of sweating why not also because he's on the cusp of his death and uh the the robots the robots come and join him as they're going to come and help him uh defeat solaris which is pretty awesome yeah i like that as well he gives a he's like oh you guys don't please 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 don't like you guys all have it and so which one is it one of uh one of the robots i think it was robot seven um, yeah stays behind to you know be the you know for custodian duties and he superman decides to close the fortress for good uh, except for the fact that he still keeps the key under the doormat <laughs> yeah so whoever has the strength to open it will open it but anyway um so he uh travels you know flies up towards solaris in a really cool panel uh i also like the suit as well and yeah faces his one of his next challenges yep and the battle the battle doesn't go too well especially for the uh the robots i mean they even puts one of them right in front of him and like drives it right into a beam of energy that it blasts at him so it's like oh uh i i took it as they they put themselves in front of him to protect him which i'm like oh those guys it could be. It looks like he's holding them, but that could it just does. be the way the art. <laughs> yeah, up, I know. I, I think he's like trying to hold them back and not be killed, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I thought he grabbed him. I was like, damn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they. it seems like most of them get, get killed in the fight, which is sad. Yeah, they. you can kind of see them like falling towards the earth in that last, that eighth panel on one or on. 261 on our page excuse me uh also solaris gets so peeved off when he's like new powers then you know one 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 zero zero one 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 zero
And he's like, if you're going to have different powers, then I'm going to be unfair too. And I'm just going to invade the, uh, the robots neural net. And so he starts just kind of fucking with them and trying to take them over. Indeed. Uh, especially when one robot seven, so it wasn't robot seven, but robot seven says robot seven must atone Solaris invaded neural network. Solaris stole formula. Solara stole from Robot 7, stole formula, yep. stole for Luthor. Robot must atone. <laughs> it's forgive. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. Yeah. So it turns out that from within the powers, not even the powers, like the powers that uh, Superman, or Super, uh, that Lex got to uh, the Solaris being the one to tamper with Superman's uh energy or whatever it was uh that was what happened is that mm. i believe it was even though well even actually no sorry it was it was still that the blue light in the beginning that still kind of caused superman's destruction as it overcharged the cells and slaris is here basically to finish it off and he was colluding with lex yeah. luthor it's like oh man these guys how could they yeah but it was lucky that superman was in his own way colluding but just in the more friendly uh, way <laughs> with the Sun Eater. Uh, and... No, 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 no. The Sun Eater oh. came to him on his own terms. Well, colluding in terms. I, I just mean, <laughs> my joke was that they were just hanging out, you know, that he became friends with them. I guess they are, but it's only because he says like, no, go back to your own kind. Go back. Poorly written. That was a terribly... The, the, uh, that was a terribly acted line sorry um but basically yeah the sun eater comes in and shows uh, his support for superman that's awesome so he goes at it and unfortunately gets uh annihilated for it which sucks so hard yeah it does suck and yeah it ends with maybe a superboy-esque moment from superboy prime of like killed him you killed him and he like smashes his fist into solaris which is like yeah never do that to a pal supermans or else yeah and he basically goes into a big rampage like it seems like seems like he wants to wipe this guy out big time oh he's not happy he is not having it yeah but it's lucky he soups because yeah he, he shows mercy as he gets him down to earth but i guess before we get there we'll see uh yeah speaking of earth back in metropolis yeah yeah we see it's under attack by lex's little army here and especially at the at the forefront uh, his tank girl, uh, whatever his little niece's name is. <laughs> tank girl, I like it. <laughs> I forgot to write. I forgot to write down her name. Uh, I remember as well, but it was weird anyway. Yeah, it's a cool name, but I, yeah, I forgot it too. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, interrupting that big assault. Yeah, Superman driving this Solaris down to the Earth crashes him right in the middle of this big. Uh, I guess it. I guess actually, he isn't in Metropolis. It doesn't look like. Or maybe he's at least away from that big fight. It's just some other little small part of town. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know exactly where, but like, hopefully nobody was in that building or else. A lot of property damage there. But uh, what he does yeah. is he doesn't destroy. Uh, it, lo it looks like, like from one of the panels, it looks like he destroys on uh, 267. It looks like he like destroys um, Solaris because we see a little like, you know, mushroom cloud. But turns yep. out he just like destroyed, I guess, some hardware that kind of puts him out of commission, like turns off the computer. Yeah. And yeah, kind of because he knows that in the future that this Solaris will, will be on the good side. He'll be reformed. Yes. Correct. So he wants to leave him that uh, ability to do so. Indeed. And I guess given that like 
the timeline kind of works out in this entire uh, book. Yeah, he, he lets it happen. So even though he shows restraint again. Yeah, but as we cut back to Metropolis area, we see Jimmy, a very long face, Jimmy, by the way. Yes, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, he's leaning into his reporter ways. He's like, OK, I got to butter this this girl up. She's she's going to cause some devastation here. He starts offering to give her a, a front page piece in Daily Planet. Apparently, it turns out that uh, the press are like neutral, like they have nothing to do with like they're like automatically like Switzerland, where they just like like neutral party. We have nothing, no involvement in this. We just want to report the news. She's like, <laughs> yep. fine, I'll give you my time. <laughs> Even though she thinks the the print is a uh, passe, she doesn't mind if it's yeah for Jimmy, I guess. Yeah, I guess she's like, eh, why not? I guess people need to learn about this. Yeah. And then we see Clark. He's, uh, I guess he's come back and he's he's running through the office. He's got to get back to his, uh, get back to his laptop before the time comes. You know. Yeah, he's trying to like, I guess, finish writing his, well, you know, his his last. I don't know. Yeah, his his, his last report in a way. Yeah, his memoir, as it were. Yeah. No, that that is the case. Uh, oh, and also, I think um, Lex's niece kind of like points it out even though this is kind of the point uh was already made but she basically he she and lex are basically wanting a world without superman even though lex kind of also has the formula but anyway and as we see all the people around him as clark collapses lex just shows up and breaks into the building and is like clark is least of your worries and he's at least in the color of his his usual uh Lex suits when he's whenever he's in super mode. <laughs> yeah, no, this kind of I don't know what you call it, but like his pants are a little weird, and yeah. Anyway, um, no, nothing wrong with that, of course. But the the dirigible, by the way, behind him, I can't help but see the symbol looks like a four, but it's LL. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little weird. Anyways, chapter twelve, Superman in Exilus. Or yeah, Excellus, I think. Excellus, excuse me, thank you. Yeah, finally here, the big climax. Hopefully everything will be wrapped up satisfactorily as we begin with begin with some folks back on Candor, it looks like. Why now? It's a good question. <laughs> yeah, and I don't remember what happened here, so maybe you remember better than me. I'm I'm currently reading the page. I mean, I didn't think I thought this was just like uh, him having like a fever dream or, you know, last like, seeing a hallucination before the end of his life where he flashes oh. to Krypton and he's, he's not dead. Uh, again, we don't see Lara for some reason. His mom's just not there. His, his dad is, but we don't see Lara. So I'm like, oh, come on. Like she probably has things to say, but anyway, yeah, it's mostly just Jor-El and, you know, he kind of has funny enough. The, it's like the end of Man of Steel again, where he has like, you know, he talks to him like on the ship but anyways this is like a hallucination where he like he's like um where the heck is it it's just like i'm dead and so are you yeah yeah no wonder i was i didn't remember this scene yeah i thought this one was weird when i was reading it earlier and they have dr lexor i was like eh? <laughs> yeah it's kind of funny i guess his yeah his dying moments he's just kind of compositing his current events with his past that he missed out on yeah, and also explains the whole like science and techno babble behind his, you know, death and the fact that he's kind of becoming energy itself in in a way where he's like 
and and they mm-hmm. talk about like you know the the religion on krypton about like you know rao the the, the star excuse me the, the religion they believe in so it's just like yeah so it's just kind of talking about like either techno babble or spiritual stuff and it's, it's it's pretty cool yeah i remember being i remember thinking it was all weird but but maybe it, yeah maybe i was just not accepting it i don't know kind of yeah it kind of gets a little navel gazy in a way where it's like it's it's kind of like a, the ending of like an anime series of just like <laughs> all right now we're just going into like kind of mind trippy mode in a way although it wasn't really that like trippy it was just like all yeah. of a sudden we have like him talking with his dead father so it's like huh interesting i wish john i, I wish john were there but uh, not in this case yeah, and we see as we flash back to uh, metropolis we uh we see that lex is he's pissed off at the planet you know he's been uh he blames them for kind of dragging him in the press and wanting to send him to the electric chair so he's there to you know bring the pain back to them it's like you're gonna hurt me i'm gonna hurt you and i like i like perry kind of standing up to him you know he's like it's the truth that sent you to the chair yeah not very much hiding behind any of his workers but saying like listen we report on news and we tell like the truth as it should be and what you all did what you what all your deeds did was the truth and that's what put you there so and p.s look at uh look at jimmy in that same panel off to the uh the left there <laughs> another really long face jimmy yeah what is he elongated man <laughs> it's kind of odd which is funny because ralph also is like the elongated man is also a redhead <laughs> oh that's that's interesting but i do like lex's rebuttal too it's like funny. I don't see the truth anywhere. I would say the color. Can I touch it? So that's fair. You know? Yeah, that's fair. And then I also like how um, Lois and Jimmy kind of come to him and say like, "Hey, man, we've felt power. Like I was Superwoman for a day, and Jimmy was Doomsday for a brief moment. So it's like they can kind of understand this. Yeah, it's like understand the power you have and let that sink in. Yeah, but as we cut back to Superman in his his little mind palace here. He's uh he's fixating a little bit on that one last challenge that he had, one last labor. And even though Jarrell's trying to tell him that your work is done, he just yeah, he keeps thinking about that. Yeah, and really what we're seeing is a replay of how Krypton was destroyed. Hmm. We don't necessarily go to the lab and send Superman off, but we at least, you know, kind of even though we saw like, you know, Doom Planet, this is like it again. I think it at least works in a way of like him revisiting the, res- the destruction of the planet. Yeah, I guess I guess it works there. Yeah. But, but yeah, Jor-El mentioned something about being reborn as maybe potentially being related to the last task. <laughs> oh, yeah. Creating life, perhaps. Was that uh, the tie in? Uh, potentially. I mean, other than potentially the... Earth Q, perhaps, if that's what they were talking about with life. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Didn't think about. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, take it away. Take it away. I'm so tired now. Uh, so that's that's fine. Uh, so we see Steve trying to resuscitate Clark. And, you know, even Lex is just like, why waste your time on Kent? Um, what did he do with that amazing interview I gave him? He, Which is funny. What what is it? What if what's this? I'm talking. <laughs> it's like, huh? What? It's like snap out of it. Um But yeah, Lois, you know, 
tries to talk Luther out of this or whatnot, and she he just blasts her with his uh, his super breath, um, blows her away, and Clark wakes up, and then Lex starts monologuing, blah blah blah, and you know, most powerful man on earth, and then Clark wakes up, he's just like, uh, there's me, Lex, you know, the guy you like, and then turns out, whoa, bam, it's like, nah, I'm Superman the whole time, <laughs> yeah, which was kind of funny. Yeah, and he's got this little gravity gun and blasts Lex right out of the building. Yep. Uh, and, then, and everyone's like, good job, Superman, disguising yourself as Clark Kent. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's go. And he's got a little outfit for him. Yep. It's Jimmy's personal copy that he wears. Oh, dude, of course. Like, why wouldn't he? He's like, I'm, he's, you're my pal, Jimmy. Yeah. What do you, what do, you do, my boy, Jimmy? Uh, and then we see on the ground, Lex, you know, gravity starting to increase around him. Literally, like, stuff is kind of either falling apart or things are reacting around him. But yeah, then Clark goes uh, down to him, hides behind a safe smart and blasts him again with a gravity gun. And he's doing something here. Like, I know it's probably weird, but yeah, Clark isn't exactly showing like he, he's not fighting Lex on the same way he wants to, he, he would fight or Lex would fight him. Excuse me. He's not yeah. there to punch and kick and cause collateral damage, which is what happens, especially when uh, Luthor's weight and extra mass or gravity starts, you know, collapsing the street again, um, like Parasite. Uh, hits a train again, as usual, and beats Clark up some more and gloats, gloats, you know, I'm smart and whatnot. And then all of a sudden he has a re- moment of realization. It's like, it's so obvious. I can actually see and hear and feel and taste and the fundamental forces are all yoked by a thought alone. And basically, you know, with the help of the gravity gun, uh, Superman accelerated the time and relativity around Luthor to take that 24 hours and make it like 12 minutes or whatever it was. (laughs) So his time is up and you know, Lex is like, aha, but you see, I have, you know, this other concoction. I have this other, I came up with a backup plan. I have this backup uh, serum. And then Superman's like, I got super speed. You don't have that anymore. I'll take that from yeah. you. And then smashes it and then punches Luther in the face. Um, knocks him out, I think. I know there's blood on him. You could say, like, does he kill him or not? Oh, you know what? I'll, let the, I'll leave that to the audience. I'll, I'll leave there you go. The audience there you go. Uh, if he kills him or not. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he does because it's his final moment. So he's like, you are a dead man anyways, because you, you know, deserve the electric chair. So you're dead. So I don't know. I'll let the audience decide on that. Um, You could have saved the world years ago if it mattered to you, Luthor. That is pretty profound. I I agree with that. I think, I think Clark's Mm -hmm. on something with that about, um, really it was just, uh, he was an ex like Superman was an excuse to Luthor and, he instead chose to, you know, get one up this man because he was jealous of him. But anyways, that's it. Um, you know, this is this is goodbye for him and Lois. She, you know, gets her arms around him. They kiss. And that's it. It's just like my cells are converting to pure energy, pure, con- pure information. And I only have moments to save the world. Because as it seems... What Luthor planted in the sun 
It was not only the ability to you know overcharge Superman's cells back in issue one, but he also laid the groundwork for turning the sun into a blue star, mm. which is not a good thing. Trust me. Huh. Our planet would disintegrate because of that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong with that, but I know for a fact that's a bad thing. Yeah. And so we see him shoot himself into the air, blasts, you know, past uh, Venus and Mercury and, you know, gets right in there and slams into the sun as it like turns orange or breaks the blue off the sun and um, cut to the ending of or the, the epilogue of Iron Giant with a similar made statue for uh, for Superman. Yeah, like he's got the eagle on his arm. Yep. Yeah, I think that's quite pretty. And uh, who who is it who flies in here in the uh, the jetpack? Is it Jimmy? That's that's just yeah. He he's he's taking the inspiration from Superman. He wants to uh, yeah maybe pull pull his own weight as a superhero perhaps. Yeah, he's the Rocketeer. There you go, Rocketeer. I like that. And even though they're all kind of turning up and you know remembering Superman, Lois, she's still holding out hope that maybe he's not dead and that he's still just working up there in the sun. And that one day he'll come back down to them. And we get this very beautiful image of, I guess, her imaginings of Superman in the sun making it work. I will leave that to the audience interpretation as we see Superman inside the heart. Literally the heart of Superman. Or of of the sun. Uh, As the working class hero, as a certain nihilist uh, would say. And the sun looks like it's... Like it's been converted with technology. It's got all these gear shifts everywhere and he's cranking something. Definitely a compelling image either way. Oh, certainly. But as we switch to a tiny little, little, uh, I guess this would have been the epilogue. Yes. I don't think they, they write it, but maybe they should have like they did with that prologue bit. <laughs> but yeah, we see back on the, the project up here, all the little, little domes and Quintum's, you know, he's he's reminiscing about the the ceremony they had for Superman. He thought it was beautiful. And yeah, it turns out that because I, I don't know if we mentioned when Superman gave him that the little cross between the DNA of the Kryptonian DNA and then the, the superhuman or I guess it was just regular human. Did we discuss that? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I think we briefly. But now there we go. We just touched upon it. <laughs> yeah. So I was setting up this little little ending here that there's a project that he's got working on in secret and it's this the superman project the superhuman project which was potentially the reason that we saw during that uh with all the future supermen maybe come from this lab project two project two earth two oops (laughs) great more clones send in the clones yep uh, what is it about clones? It's great. I mean, we already saw Superman Doomsday and how that clone turned out. Yeah, and that's that's the end. That uh, that wraps up this. Yeah, this at least the uh, the book part of the discussion. I guess we have to switch into our our last thoughts and tallying up what we think he did with his his uh, his trials or his challenges. Yes, his, his challenges. There you go. Um... Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, we're at least uh, we're at least done here with the, that comic part, and you certainly sounds you certainly sound a bit uh, exhausted from that. Which fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm I'm stunned how long this took. Absolutely stunned. You know when I when I first read it, um, what was it? I 
I started it like in the afternoon and I think I finished it by the time the library, like I literally finished it and closed the book when the, when the library was like about to close. So it took me like half a day to read it. Although I think when I read it again last week, it took me, it was a lot quicker and I don't know why. Yeah, It's like two hours, I think something like that. But for me, I guess it just took my sweet time. Yeah. Two hours to read it, four and a half hours to discuss it. I mean, what can you expect? Yeah, that's, I guess, yeah, I guess that's the case. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I guess, what are your, what are your final thoughts on, on this one here? Uh, we're still going to do the, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I guess mulling over his thing of like, what his challenges were. Yeah. So I guess we got the, the number one, or I guess not, maybe not in order. Cause I don't know if I remember them in order. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're not going to do this in order. Yeah. So we had the Solaris planet. You know, that was one of them, the yep. unanswerable question. Yep. I guess the creating life was him, I guess, creating that universe in the cube. Potentially. Yeah. So he's, he's turned to a God here. He's, uh, yep. <laughs> and he's even potentially inspiring some sort of religion about himself with the whole comic bit, which I thought was a little bit odd. <laughs> um, uh, underverse. Yeah, that's five. Yeah, visiting the Underverse. Curing cancer, potentially, with the help of the Kandorians. Yeah, I guess that's a super feat. Yeah, and finding a way for to free those people, the ones who did choose to take it. I guess yep. that could be six um, or seven. I don't know what the what Bar-El and Lilo would be. Um, I guess choosing to heal rather than fight. Yeah, that one seems a little wavery, but yeah, yeah, I feel like it should tie in somehow. Yeah. Uh, creating a super formula, potentially. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Yeah, so that sounds like eight, at least. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know. Discovering black kryptonite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess we could throw it on there. Why not? Nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. Like the, the like issue one wasn't because I I feel like each I know they kind of like lumped them all together in like um, chapter eleven, mm-hmm. but like I guess yeah I'm trying to remember what issue one had in there. I don't know like his super strength tripling I guess I suppose. I guess saving I guess uh, stopping the sun from from you know destroying the earth was one of them probably. Yep. Yeah. I'll put that as 10. Yeah. Uh, even though this probably is like his normal stuff, I'm going to put the saving that little, that, that teenager from committing suicide. Sure. Uh, I guess maybe destroying or at least assisting in the destruction of the, the chronovore. Maybe <laughs> that's 12 or capture, capture, of, of capture. The yeah. So that's, that's 12. <laughs> and some of those seem, uh, questionable at best yeah but we're getting everything off the book itself and not like coming yeah. up with the stuff i mean i guess we're coming up with it but we're coming up with it on the book anyways my point to to illustrate all this is to say it feels like that whole 12 quest thing was kind of an afterthought like maybe they put that in there and then years of working on the book they're just kind of like oh yeah like we gotta we gotta get back to that so yeah if i remember correctly i don't think i said this also but i looked at some of the back issue or some of the information in the back of the issue and it turns out that this was i guess either quietly or 
probably uh, Morrison or yeah, Morrison was going to do like a with Mark Millar and whoever else it was. They were, I think uh, Mark Wade, they were going to do this like Superman, like 1998 or whatever it was. That was like a brand new series for Superman. And so maybe a lot of this was transplanted over from that to this. Oh, okay. Hmm. I think I could be getting my history wrong here. I probably will maybe look this up and then correct myself uh, during our movie review of it. <laughs> but I just know that. Oh, well, yeah. You know what? You go first. I want to hear your, your, your Caleb, your final thoughts for this, uh, for this book. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this one. I think there's a lot of really beautiful issues in it. It does feel like it's maybe a little bit unwavery, like it doesn't feel maybe as cohesive as it could do, especially with something like the uh, the tangent that I feel like is is really kind of out of left field and I feel like doesn't really add a ton is with the two Kryptonian travelers. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad issue, but it does kind of feel like it, especially following up that great one on the uh, Bizarro planet, just kind of like, ah, this one feels like it's a little bit out of step with some of the other stuff here, but... But overall, I, I think this is a great book, and I, I really enjoyed, especially uh, meeting Zibaro. I thought he was one of the standout characters here. And that was pretty much your best moment, eh? Yeah, my best stuff. So you're 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 so you're you're feeling you're feeling this book. Uh, your best thing is Zibaro. What's your worst thing? Worst thing? Uh, hmm. Or at least least liked thing, which is the same thing. Anyway, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, I think I still do struggle with a lot of the character designs. Just the it's almost always the faces and the hands. I just think both of them are just kind of meh. But overall in terms of the writing, I thought all oh, this was quite strong. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I res- I respect that. So, but yeah, you would definitely recommend this to uh another person to read. Yeah, definitely. Uh would this would this be a good introductory book or no? I wouldn't think so. I think people would be confused. Yes, I think you're correct in that assessment. Uh, but how about you? Where were you at with this one? Well, like you, I am definitely feeling this book. I was feeling it when I first read it many, many years ago, and I'm still feeling it to this day. Um, yeah, there's uh, talking about it, there is a bit of... Maybe I need to give it another read, and I certainly probably should have given it another read, I'll admit, but um, I know I didn't bring all my thoughts. All my thoughts weren't exactly coherent enough, and I kind of skimmed over a bunch of important dialogue, but... Yeah, this is a this is a very interesting book where Morrison sets things up very differently than tradition uh, than like one would structure these things or the, these stories. And I kind of like that. It's he doesn't try to treat the audiences as if they're inept, but he certainly is like either he's not saying you have to do your homework, but he likes to go out there with his his topics and his storytelling, which I, I kind of like. It's a little it's different. It's it's a different flavor. And so I really did enjoy his take on this on, on in this story. And yeah, no, I, I, I think, yeah, maybe I do need to read it again to see what those 12 challenges were again, maybe like arm wrestling Atlas and Samson was another one. I have no idea. Um, but I do like that idea of like, as a like book that details what, Superman would do if he were told like, you know, you're going to die. I kind of enjoyed that. I, I did enjoy, I think like this is probably, you know, how Superman would live his life or, you know, do, do a, how he would be at the end of his life. I believe 
was either I think I think Morrison actually may have lost their their parents. I think their their dad passed away or whatever it was. So I think with that issue when when John Kent dies, I think that kind of was a um, a uh, memento to his, his uh, their father. Excuse me. So hmm. if, if I recall, so that was that was interesting. But yeah, I, I actually really do enjoy Frank Quietly's art in this. I think it's a step above. Not that I didn't enjoy it in Earth Two, but I think it's an evolution from what it was in earth two and definitely looking forward to see what other stuff Frank quietly has done. You should go seek that out. Um, and yeah, I would definitely, if you, if you've read a bunch of, if you're familiar with Superman and DC stuff in general, this is a little bit out there. Um, but I think it's worth it. I think it's definitely worth it. Um, what's my worst thing in this book? <sighs> Good question. I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> The best thing is still that like just panel of of him telling the teenager that you know you're more stronger than you think. Um, I don't know. I think I think I'm, uh, when I read that, that was something I needed to hear because <laughs> hmm. I had some thoughts similar to her, and so hearing Superman say that is just like I shouldn't project, but it's certainly something that is. You know that is that is a character, and I, I also love the characterization of the character, even if it kind of goes a little bit out of nowhere sometimes. Uh, and it's not fair to Zabaro, of course, but yeah, I I definitely enjoy this and and would recommend it, and we'll read this again at some point. Yeah, but I guess that that brings us around to the end of yeah this yeah this giant discussion. <laughs> so yeah, take us take us home. I will just leave this with you. There's always a person out there that needs a friend and needs to hear somebody say the right thing. Maybe you're that person that will say the right thing to that person. Till next time. Peace. Peace.